Welcome to The Positivity Effect, where paying it forward and doing something positive in someone's life can provide them with the confidence and motivation to do the same for someone else. Like a stone dropped into a lake, let's create a ripple effect of positivity throughout our world. And it begins with your host, Dr. Thomas Retcher. Hey, what's going on, guys? Dr. Tom here, and you're listening to The Positivity Effect, episode number 123, Enrichment Through Service. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast. We have a really good show lined up for you guys, but I just want to say, first off, of course, and first off, as always, thank you so much for tuning in. If you weren't here, there would be no show. Well, there would be a show. It's like that age-old question, if a tree falls in the forest, does it make a sound? I, I don't know. Depends. Depends on how you see it. No, but truly, guys, thank you so much for being here. It really means the world to me that I can serve you in this way. And I just love hearing from you as well of how this podcast is making an impact on your life. In addition, if this is your first time listening, thank you. I'm truly honored that you found me on the interwebs and you are here to make it a positive impact on your life because that's what we talk about here. We are the positivity effect. We talk about things to make positive changes and shifts in your life. Um, the things that we talk about, the principles we talk about, it's not about uh, smiling and gritting through difficult times and pretending that there's nothing wrong uh, in your life. It's just kind of raising your awareness to different uh, ways of seeing seeing life and seeing situations in your life and how to approach things. And boy, do we have a show lined up for you guys. Uh, it's actually a two-part show. Uh, part one is we're going to get to know uh, my guest and he's, we're going to talk about some really cool stuff as well. But part two is really going to uh, be quite powerful. So I, I hope that you tune in for part two, which is going to go live next week. Uh, just a quick a few uh, more announcements. If you've gotten value out of this show, please help me spread the word by telling a friend. And in addition, it's really important, guys, that you subscribe. By subscribing on iTunes or Google Play or any other of those platforms, this is what helps drive the rankings for the show so that ultimately we can impact more people. So I just want to thank you in advance for that. Today, <laughs> I am excited about this podcast. Today we're joined by a friend of mine and a native Long Islander, Rich Rotans. Rich is an emergency manager, safety, and fire science professional with 40 years of experience in public policy, safety and mitigation, emergency management, fire protection, rescue tactics, hazardous materials incidents, planning research for all natural, civil, and technological hazards, including acts of terrorism. Guys, Rich is the real deal, I'm telling you. He's an incredible man of service, of value, integrity to his family, his friends, and his life's work. And he's here today. We're going to be talking about a whole slew of things. Just uh, among the few, we're going to be talking about how to build a life of enrichment and character through service, having gratitude for opportunity and relationships. We're going to talk about how Rich approaches sensitive communication in his line of work and having a team mentality, what that means at work, and also, most importantly, 
what that means at home. We're going to talk about so much more, but I want to leave that for the show. Just wanted to give you a little bit of a taste. In addition, uh, as I mentioned, we're going to be having Rich back on next week. At the end of the episode, I mentioned he's going to be coming on Thursday. It is a pre-recorded show. I was originally going to do it on Thursday, but uh, just disregard that at the end. It will be going live next Tuesday. And we're going to be talking about how Rich was the deputy commissioner of New York City during the tragic events of September 11th. And he's going to be kind of giving his account of that and how what he's talking about and what he's going to share, how you can apply that to your life and how you can be courageous and deal with any sort of crisis in your life with a level head. Remember, it's not about bad things not happening to you. Those things are going to happen to you. They're going to happen to all of us. There's always going to be things we're going to go through in life. That's life, unfortunately, or fortunately. It's however you look at it, your perspective. So it's all in how the situations you're going through, how you look at it, and how you approach it. And Rich is really going to give you a powerful account of that today and also, most importantly, uh, when we talk about those powerful stories next week. So that's it. I, I am done talking, guys. I know we want to get into that ep- this episode. So without further ado, help me welcome to the Positivity Effect, Rich Rotans. Hey, Rich, what's going on? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to the Positivity Effect. It sounds like fun. It is. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on, Rich. It's this is an honor for me. It's a little bit of a treat because it's. I always enjoy when I get to do a chat with somebody on the on the show, with somebody that I met in person or somebody that I know through a family member. And when I had the opportunity to meet you and we had a short little breakfast together, just hearing some of the of the stories and and also hearing how how aligned you are. With, with your values, with what you do, with your work, your career throughout your, your, your life, how you have 14 children, which is amazing. We'll get into that. Um, but I gave a little bit of a backstory before we, we got on the call of, of who you are and, and what you've done throughout your life. But I'd love for you to kind of just take it away from maybe rewind a few years and just see how you got into what you've been doing throughout your life and, and why it's been so important to you. Well, with the, uh, with the, with the career, there's as you get a little bit older, I'm, uh, I'm not a 20-year-old or a 30-year-old, but as life goes through, you know, you, one leads into the other. And I've been very, very fortunate that starting with the uh, volunteer fire service back in 71, I never had any inclination to become a fireman until uh, my mother says, why don't you join the volunteer fire department? You know, because at the time, we were just still uh, grieving the loss of my father who was killed in a line of duty with the police department. And uh, mm-hmm. years before that was my uncle, who was also killed. So with that, the volunteer fire department sparked a lot of interest in me. And with, you know, with, with the volunteer fire service led into the EMTs, led into nursing, you know, to school for fire science and nursing and so on. And then into the New York City Fire Department, uh, which uh, took the test and got on in the late 70s. And that inspired me to go even further, you know, studying up for the ranks. I was very fortunate to work with probably the most uh, notoriety, I guess, or the most famous uh, companies in the fire service in the country, working with the busiest fire companies in history. And uh, the experience was just uh, invaluable. And that led us, that me, us, all the guys in the firehouses, to study for lieutenants, for captain, and what have you. And it's, uh, it's nice to look back at all the guys I uh, 
grew up in the fire service in New York City, all became ch- uh, high-ranking chiefs, uh, commissioners, and uh, other dignitaries in the fire service and uh, in FEMA and so on. And uh, it's, a, it's a good exposure. It was a competitive exposure to guys that uh, I'm going to try and beat you on a lieutenant's test. I'm going to try and beat you on a uh, great uh, GPA for your bachelor's and master's. So uh, right. all of us. I was working in a fire company where uh, it has not one one particular evening that uh, all 17 guys were working. And uh, one guy was going to medical school. He was uh, granted uh, a special leave so he could finish his medical school. He comes back to be a medical surgeon. We had five attorneys. We had three nurse practitioners. Guys studying from Lieutenant Kepler. So it was a very, very competitive, you know, nice way to see who could outdo the other. And, uh, but we studied together. We worked together. We uh, fought fires and went to rescues, and uh, that, in turn, uh, I had interest in uh, going into emergency management. And when uh, I was a, uh, a executive officer for the safety uh, command in New York City, I uh, ran into a few other folks that uh, suggested that I should go into the Office of Emergency Management in New York City. And I did in 1999 to 2002, and that was itself another valuable experience working with uh, Rich Shearer, God rest his soul, he was the commissioner. In fact, he was the commissioner of emergency management when we had to uh, deal with the uh, 9-11 event. And uh, mm-hmm. that itself was an experience all to itself. And after the 9-11 event, I was uh, asked by uh, then county executive in 2002 to uh, set up an emergency management uh, agency to Tom Swazi. And, uh, you know, these are all golden opportunities Uh it was just like, hey, Rich, why don't you try this? Or, Rich, why don't you try that? It was good. It was good that they did do. The crowd of folks, you know, men and women I worked with over the years, were just outstanding. And I even met them when I was working with Nassau County OEM. They were really great. And then that led me to networking with the universities, such as John Jay and Delphi and so on. And I was asked to give a few classes, few speeches, we led them to creating master's degree programs at Delphi and then also helping them at John Jay in the field of emergency management. And that let the network you look to another great guy, uh, Ken Morelli, who uh, was a, a fellow that had a engineering degree. He had a PE in mechanical engineering, a PE in electrical, an MBA uh, from Columbia. He was a very talented guy and he uh, asked me to help him uh, build this uh, Applied Science Center in, uh, for Homeland Security, which was a very unique facility, 90,000 square feet. It brought in all the academics, brought in the uh, engineering firms, as well as the agencies in-house. Hmm. And, the, and the intent was is that if uh, you know if an engineering firm had an idea, instead of building it and spending money and manufacturing and bringing it out to the field, and firemen, cops, nurses, military, they say, well, we really don't need that. The intent is that with the agencies on-site, they could discuss it. And if the agencies are looking for a certain product, they could talk to the uh, uh, engineering firms as well as academia. And that center had a uh, command center. It had a lecture hall that could, was essentially turned into an emergency operations center. We maintained, we operated during Hurricane Irene and during Hurricane Sandy. So it, it was a, uh-huh. so far, so far it's been a robust year. I'm just giving you the cliff notes. I mean, right, some of the right. great, you know, I mean, some of the people I worked with in nursing and the fire service and, and so on are just, uh, they're legends, and, they, and unfortunately, they're gone. And uh, mm-hmm. notably, uh, you know, Kim Riley, about the vision, he had, he had died of a basketball attack. But going to 9-11, Ray Downey, yeah, 
feet dancey, the names are going on all together. Three, three of these fellas have lost about pretty close to 100 good trends in that particular day. And, you know, on through the years, you know, building collapses and shootings and so on, um, it, uh, it builds character. It really gets an awareness of how precious life is and how fast things can go downhill. You just, like, that... that so powerful and there's so much for us and I, that's why I just didn't even want to say anything. I just want to sit here and listen to you because there's so much for us to learn from your career and your life and, and, and how much you've done and, and, the, and, and also hearing it in your voice, how you're, you're almost stepping outside of yourself and you're saying that it's, it's also, it was just the amazing people around you in your career and also the way in that, that those people kind of lifted you up as as well, and there's something that I want everybody to get from you kind of describing your your career just now and and everything that you've you've gone through. You, you said something very important when I noticed when we first started, and you you said that you had been very fortunate. I have, I have, and, and uh, yes, yeah. You know, when you working with some of these folks, uh, when I was working in nursing at Math at St. Charles and so on. Uh, I'm talking about the early 70s where you, these women were in their 50s and 60s. And some of these ladies were also uh, nurses in the Battle of Bulge World War II and Korean War vets and Vietnam vets. Wow. And they were tough, tough women to work for. But you know what? I didn't care. I wanted to learn. You know, when you have the passion to learn and to really face, you know, the tough times head on. I have a lot of respect for women. Let me tell you something. Uh, you know, my mother, you know, going on, uh, as my father died, going to the nursery school and taking care of our knucklehead sons. Uh, you know, and then you have the fire service with some of these people who are just the toughest guys you want to work for. They just had no tolerance for uh, people sitting around on the sofa or watching TV. It was constant drilling, constant learning, constant questions. Knowing the fact that working in these special units, I mean, I was proud to work with Rescue Company too. It was a highly trained, Highly valuable mm-hmm. company in Brooklyn that responded to the city. And these, you know, farming run into rescue people, rescue companies run into rescue fire. Very dangerous, very nerve wracking. And some of the situations today, I'm just surprised that I'm still around. <laughs> it's amazing to hear that, you know, and and talking again about that, what you said with just feeling fortunate is that, and everybody listening can hear it in your voice. And, and it's not just like you're like, hey, like this is me, this is my life, this is my decorated career, the way that you're describing it is there's so much gratitude in your voice. Oh, yeah. There's, there's gratitude for, and what, especially a, a lot of young people can get from this is that if they're wondering how they can move ahead in life, you, again, you said something very, very important, that word that you said fortunate, but what it really tied, I think ties into is how, because you're, what you're, you're so grateful for the things that you've had in life for, the opportunities that have been awarded to you, the things, the doors that have opened for you. Sometimes people wonder why doors aren't opening. And, and I think it's, you have to raise your awareness of life. You have to, like you said, you build character. You have to have more gratitude for the things that are your, are in your life. And, and, and when you do raise that level of gratitude in your life, it, it's amazing how you're able to communicate with people on a different level. And sometimes just just from that different that higher level thinking and higher level gratitude and, and communication 
that doors just start to open. It's not like this is some crazy complex formula to move ahead in life or move ahead in your career. It, it really comes back to just really loving what you do, which what we're hearing here is, is you, you, you followed on and, and, and it's, it's, it's something that is very ingrained in your family, something that you care very deeply about. And I, th- I think sometimes people need to just sit back or, or take some time to think about what they really want to do in life. And, and, and the and same I, thing too, Tom, is that uh, it's a lot of hard work. It's just that yes. someone's going to knock on your door and here's a career. You have to go out right. there and also prove yourself worthy that, you know what, this guy, this gal really works hard. They really got values. They still get back up when they get knocked down. You know, the big issue is that you want to have integrity. You want to have endurance. And you want to have the desire to really go forward and also the courage to say, you know what, I got to take this on or, you know, I failed. And even if you do fail, you bounce right back up and keep on trying. That's, that's just one of the keys attributes to anybody that has a good career. And that's what I hear from, from you just talking for a few minutes is, yes, you had given us the, the cliff notes, you know, quote unquote cliff notes, but just what you said, that it's that hard work component. If you were to take 30 years of experience, 40 years of experience, there's there's so many ups, there's so many downs, there's so many times of 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 just hard work, your nose to the grindstone. And I think it, it's it's so much easier to to go at that when you know that you're you're on a path for something that is is really what you were meant to do or and you really took the time to say this this is this is what I want out of life. This is if if because without that direction, that hard work can really, really wear the person down it could really be it could make it things very difficult when you're trying to to get ahead yeah and they and this trust me there's been a lot of disappointments and uh, just gotta just all right fine let's go to step b step c um there are times that um i didn't pass the test or i wasn't as good as the next guy i um you know i was trying to get into a special unit as a captain back in the late 90s didn't make it all of a sudden i realized i'm in uh emergency management so one door closes, other doors will open. And it just had to be persistent and just don't take things personal, just move on. And people will notice that. It may not take a you know, couple of weeks, couple of months, it may take a year or so, but people will say, you know what? This guy, this girl, they're out there. Let's, uh, let's give them a shot. It's going to happen. Rich, with communication, we talk a lot about on this show about how we want I want all of us, we're trying to, to, to pay it forward in life. We're trying to create that ripple effect. And it, it's not always on a grand scale. We don't have to say, oh, we're going to go out and save the world. Of course, we all want to make the world a better place. But sometimes it really just means what can you do in your community? What can you do right in your immediate, your immediate family, your, your like location, your center, your home? And sometimes with that communication, there's things that come up when we're talking with people, we're trying to make changes things have to be communicated very delicately or you have to know there's, there's all, there's, that's that awareness of having timing and knowing when, when to speak and when not to speak. And with, with your career, your line of work, it's, there's a lot of sensitive communication and things that have to be communicated in the right time, knowing when to speak, knowing when not to speak. So I was just curious just to kind of pick your brain on that. And cause it's, it comes back to communication. It comes back to networking and really taking time to understand people too, so that, you know when when you're in these de- delicate situations and you have and you're dealing with so many different personalities that 
you're not the person that when you leave the room, they're like, what the heck did that? You know, you, you know that you're not the talk of the room, but you're, you're almost centered. And, and like you said, that word, words like values, like integrity, character. Uh, so yeah, just interested to kind of hear your take on that. Well, when, when you talk about communication, there's various different forms of it. And uh, one of them is that if you're working within a group, and say you are the lieutenant or the captain, the issue is, is that, all right, folks, here are our goals, here are our objectives, here are the activities to, to procure these objectives, and what logistics do you need, what support do you need, what finances, what tools, what people, and so on. And while you're setting these goals and objectives and what have you, one of the key issues is that there's no iron team. Yeah, you may be the captain of the ship, you may be the lieutenant or the charge nurse, whatever, maybe the commissioner, but you don't want to have a, a bunch of robots working for you. You want people right, to right. have, they want to develop passion with these folks. You want them to uh, you know, go out there and feel that uh, they're worth the uh, the effort. And when you just show appreciation at times and communicate that appreciation, it goes a lot further. You know sometimes you just can't give them a raise or you can't promote them, but knowing that they're they're valuable and that, okay, listen, we have this guy, Charlie and Betty, they're working on this project. Let's see what you got. Let's do, let's present what you what you want us to do, what us to do. Like they're in charge. So if you empower people and you communicate that to them and to the group, it goes a lot further. Now all this leadership, all this communication is not just in the business world. It's not just out in the community and going to the grocery store. It also starts at home, and that's key. Perfect segue. I was just going to ask you about that. Very key. And with you know my wife, she's the, no. She's about two thirds of the party here. Trust me. And <laughs> yeah, we uh, everybody here in the house chips in. And what's key to us is that we have dinner together, which a lot of families are not doing anymore. And when we sit down to dinner, we first say you know, a little prayer, and we we sit down and then uh, to start discussing like, what was your day today? What were you guys doing today? What happened at school? What happened at work? And what happens there is that they're sharing their day with everybody. It's not that you go up to your room and you sit and listen to an iPad, going out in the backyard and taking in the sun, which is fine. Nothing wrong with that. But the communications with the family is very, very key, and that sets the standards. Now, here we have a big family, but in our family, we have three police officers, one in Suffolk County and two in New York City and South Jamaica. We have two firemen who are ready to become captain and a lieutenant. We have a school teacher. We have a vet. And uh, we have kids with kids, and you know, it's we communicate. Sometimes we're going to talk for two, three weeks or a month. But we get to the cadaver, and you get on the phone or at the house. It's like, yeah, they were just here yesterday. So, and Rich, and of, let let everybody know how many kids too. It's so powerful. Uh, yeah, eight sons and uh, six daughters, fourteen it's, altogether. It's, it's beautiful, and, and, and just what you're saying is is so powerful right now. Well, it's it's true. I mean, you you may just have one kid, or you may have fourteen, but the whole thing right. is how is your day? What's going on? And trust me, there's always drama in the group. So, and that's that's also communicated, you know, one way or the other. But you know, right. you're anywhere, anywhere in, in life, especially you know, managing a, a disaster, which could be a hurricane or explosion, or it could be a water leak in your house. Communication, without communication, no one knows what's going on, and that leads to problems. And like you said, it's it's it, it's it starts at home. It, it's it's out in the business world. It's it's almost any relationship. And when when you can raise your awareness, because like you said, there's always going to be drama. There's always going to be craziness going on. 
But when you can kind of step outside of that in your mind and 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 see it for what it is and and always approach it with the right values and the right mindset that's that's the key and it's like and I love that you said that it starts at home in the family and and that sets the the standard and the tone for the rest of your life because if you're not focusing on those key components of your life at home it's it's very difficult to now go out and and make we're talking almost you know making a ripple effect in the world and here talking about your career and 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 the way in that you help the community and the society it's it's really so so crucial that everybody gets that point that if you're not taking that time really sit down and evaluate are you focusing in on the people closest to you right now your family your friends whatever that looks like for you uh it's really important and if you notice, you know, the careers that the uh, kids have taken, it's it's all uh, socially bound. You know, you, what can you bring back to society? And uh, I've noticed a big drop in the volunteer fire service and ambulance service and other volunteer organizations in the last 30 years. When I first joined in 1971, you were lucky to make the apparatus because people were running faster than you to get there and gone. Today, very difficult to get the apparatuses out because of lack of manpower. Same with ambulances. And I see the lack of volunteers in soup kitchens. My kids go to the soup kitchens on Sundays to help put out the food. The volunteers are very lacking there. Girl Scouts, little leagues, and so on. I see that around the, the, this part of the country. And that, to me, is, is not a good thing because the more people volunteer and give themselves up in society, society benefits. Everybody benefits. Step up, you know, to, you know, the police watcher in your neighborhood. I'm very fortunate in my neighborhood that uh, they're all working families. They own businesses, they're doctors, they're attorneys, they're fire and police. You know who's driving through the neighborhood. But just the whole fact is that, you know, my next door neighbor, they go away for a couple of days, we watch the house, vice versa. They have, you know, like five people right next to us. We all have each other's keys. That is a bind in society. It's a good way of communication to society. Uh, it's just like, you know, this is a driver. Now, next Saturday, my wife and I and a uh, handful of our kids, uh, we're going to go to a beer fest. But someone has got to be uh, this is a driver. So it's all it's all linked together. Caring for each other, volunteering, and the communications that we've been discussing. Yes, and, and guys, it it really is, it comes down to that. It's so simple, but it, it's it's... It's a simple idea, but it, it's if we're not thinking about it and raising our awareness and, and practicing it, it, it's it's not implemented. We have to make sure we're practicing that, and it it comes back to and if you if that theme, guys, the whole episode today, and and just he, hearing Rich just really beautifully kind of describe everything that he's done throughout his life is that it comes back to to gratitude it comes back to selflessness it comes back to serving of course yes you always like that age old analogy you have to put the oxygen mask on yourself in the airplane make sure you take care of yourself but to really make a change and and how and it, it comes back not even tenfold a thousandfold in your life is when you're when you're looking outside of outside of yourself your relationships will improve your communication will improve You'll you'll find better uh, you'll you'll find yourself going up in your career. You'll see doors opening. You'll you'll your family will, will grow tighter when you just focus on that that serving and that service mentality. And and Rich, you've just been really wonderful, guys. This is the end of today's episode, but Rich is coming back on Thursday, and we have a 
amazing episode lined up for you because he's going to be sharing some really powerful stuff of some experiences that he's gone through. And what we're talking about is how to really maintain a, a level-headedness of coolness in your, uh, and encourage amidst crisis when 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 something's when everything's awry that's going wrong and that can mean literally an actual crisis in in society or even maybe there's something going on at home and and, you're, and learning how to deal with that with a cool-headed uh, calmness and collectedness um, it's really going to be powerful so rich from the bottom of my heart this has really been powerful for me and thank you so much uh, for spending some time with me today you got it huh? thanks talk to you soon take care